0: you. Luke chapter 14. We're going to read. Let me begin reading at verse 25 all the way through verse 35. Then we'll come back and get into the verses a little bit more. Luke chapter 14. Let me get the amplified version. Now, I want you to write this down. I'm going to begin a new series on today. I want you to write this down. We're going to be talking about this for some time and you know, uh, Proverbs 27:23 declares that we are to be diligent to know the state of our flocks and attend to our herds. And I'm, all, and I've been mindful of that for years as a pastor. That when I stand before you, uh, I'm standing before you with a word that I received directly from God, not something that I uh, mimicked uh, off of someone I seen on. TV or or, or or social media or, or it wasn't a Google message. No, I, I get before God and I'm like this. If God isn't saying anything, I'm not saying anything. So a part of the reason why you haven't seen me for the last couple of weeks, I was waiting on something to give to. I, I have plenty of messages. But th- it, every message that he gives me, there are times that he gives me release to teach those messages. So if I feel like he's, he, I, I have nothing to share, not that I don't have anything to say, but if I, I, if I feel like I don't have what he wants me to say now, man, God, I know how to sit still and hear. Why? Because we are to know the state of our flocks. And I submit some preachers and teachers need to sit down until they hear. And, 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 and even when it comes to what we call a New Year's resolution or a word for the year, I, I never have gotten into that. And it's not about rhyming with the year. 22 new you. <laughs> and, and nothing against anybody, but let, let, just let me come to uh, uh, give you a head up. If you are a believer, you have already been made yeah. anew. You are already a new creation, and you can't get any newer than that which Jesus has done for you. You're already new. So, so, you know, in 22 was about you and everything, no, 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 no. What is God saying for that particular house? And that explains why brother so-and-so may be teaching this. She may be teaching that that why we have a a difference in the teachers because they're speaking or should be speaking something specific to that church that they need to hear at that moment. That's why you hear different messages. We're on the same team, but there are different messages. Why? Because that pastor knows the state of their flock. That pastor knows the state of their flock. That's why it's so important that you are in tune to what God is saying to you and not what he's saying across the street. Because what's being said across the street may, although it may could edify you, that is not what you need to be hearing now. To a certain degree. Are you here? Not that you cannot be edified from it or by it. So as I was inquiring, and I'm like, "Okay, Lord, well, what you know? What I need to be? What we need to be hearing right now?" And be mindful too of the word that God gave us of in October of 2020, before 21, that it would be a, the next couple of years are going to be very peculiar times. And that we have to become more conversant with Holy Spirit, being that spending more time in his presence, praying in the Holy Spirit, whereby we can hear his voice, Damien, and be led by him. He also said, you're not going to be, be able to trust in the wisdom of men and statistics. Because although they may sound good, that is not, you are to be led by Holy Spirit. And if you're not careful, you can get so caught up in what people are saying that you miss God for you. <laughs> See in all of your ways, you acknowledge him <laughs> not them, and he minister will direct your path so uh, uh he began to say you and I kept hearing all right, lord division be so we're going to be dealing with the vision. You know, he was like, preach the vision. And as I stated earlier, if there's ever been a time where we or where this world needs to hear about Jesus, it's now. And if you could sum up our vision in one word, it would be discipleship. Do we have, can you put it, put it up for me? To lead people hold on, listen, to a relationship with Jesus Christ, teaching them. See, that's a disciple, student, a learner, teaching them how to become successful Christians. Watch this. When we say successful Christian, we're talking about learning how to hear and get to that or get in that place and plan the purpose of God for your life. We're not talking about successful in the sense of having a bunch of cars and things. There's nothing wrong with that, but that your success is not based on the accumulation of things. Well, how can you say that? Because the Bible tells me that a man's life does not consist in the things that he has or possesses. So, your life isn't or shouldn't be summed up in the amount of things that you have. That's not real, you can't gauge success. On that, because I know people now riding nice, but they're struggling to pay the bills. But on to some, it seems like they're successful. Teaching them how to become successful based on salvation in Jesus. Why? Because no other name has been given under heaven whereby man can be saved or must be saved. And the true, uncompromising word of God. So if you was to sum this up in one, and I thought about it when we began to minister to, oh yeah, discipleship. So we're going to begin a new series. Write this down. We're going to be talking about the cost of discipleship. The cost of discipleship. Come down and put preparation making. The shift. Preparation, making the shift. And there is a big distinction between prepping and preparation. And what we have is a lot of prepping, but many lack preparation. I don't think I'll get to that point today. Luke (laughs) Luke chapter 14 and and, and let me say this because and and the Great Commission still stands and we all Christians that is have basically the same assignment and that is to make disciples. And unfortunately, the church has been guilty of making everything but disciples. Making leaders. Nothing's wrong with these things, but just give me a second. Let me explain myself. Making leaders. Uh, making good parking lot attendants. Uh, well, making uh, ushers and greeters and prayer warriors, and such and such. And, uh, and we need those things in the body. But where the church has lacked is in the area of making disciples. And what I mean by that, we make leaders, but since they lack discipleship, just as soon as you title... Brother so-and-so. Now his ministry is ready to go forth. And because there is a lack of discipleship, now all of the leaders are have dispersed because I'm ready now. And when they get, many of them, appointed or try to or start whatever, they often fall because they lack discipline and, and that's why they can preach to you and got seven girlfriends or they can do this and still doing the same foolishness that they were doing before and I submit to you that real kingdom leadership is born out of being a disciple first. Let me tell you, I mean, I don't know why God's going to hear but let me tell you how people should leave the kingdom. You were either sent out or excommunicated. Yeah. You just didn't pop up. No, no. You were either sent out, you were released, man of God, or you were excommunicated because you were teaching heresy or spreading untruths in the church. Are you here? Let me prove that to you. Oh, we're going to read this. They were disciples, men of God, before they were apostles. <laughs> the apostles were disciples first. Are you here? And we want to be apostles, pa- pra- uh, pastors, teachers, evangelists, prophets. Before we've learned true discipleship. Now, every pastor should be a disciple, but every disciple is not a pastor. Every apostle should understand or be a disciple, but every disciple is not an apostle. Are you here? We lack discipleship. And I say that you you look at all of the people who call themselves Christians. And the kingdom is expanding very slowly. Why? Because we have more Christians than we do Christian disciples. And every Christian should be a disciple. But every Christian isn't a disciple. Every believer is not a disciple man of God. Will they go to heaven? Absolutely. But they have no flavor. Why? Because they don't understand the cost. And I'm saying that to say that's why you should never pride yourselves on, I'm such and such. Because it's, it's it's worthless, Jesus tells us here, if I don't understand the cost. The, you know, call just call me by my I, I'd rather just be called by my name and have fruit than to walk around and pride on a title. Uh, no, 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 that's prophetess. Uh, no, no, that's apostle. And haven't discipled one individual. And another thing we've done, notice he said, make disciples. And we've replaced authentic authentic discipleship with fancy marketing. It has its place. But you don't grow a church. Let me tell you how church growth comes. It comes through Authentic. What I mean by that, I'm talking about organic growth. Comes to comes by understanding discipleship. Watch this. The gospel message. When I say that, understanding the death, the death, burial, resurrection, uh, ascension, and seating of Christ, and what that means for the for us. Okay, and being able to communicate that to individuals, not. Then it, it, it too, it's it, we've got this thing now where we've placed the responsibility, and we're trying to grow churches with the pastor's influence. That is not Bible. So we have pastors acting a fool on social media, trying to get followers, thinking that's going to grow your church. It's quiet. It's not, watch this, it's not the pastor's job. Let me tell you, the pastor and the sheep are fellow workers with God. And as we work together with God, he causes the increase. Yeah. See, that's Bible. There, there'll be those who trickle in because of your influence, but God causes the increase. Not us. We just... Share, we we do what he has commanded us to do, and he causes the increase. And I'm saying that to say the responsibility is on the body. So the body has to understand discipleship. Oh, Pastor, I've never heard that. Aren't you glad you're here today? Because no 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 no, no watch this. Because what's been what we've seen hadn't been working. And for, and for most, it's sad, most saints are sitting just, just idle, worthless as the scripture tells us, because they have lost their flavor. And, and we're trying to expand the kingdom with the influence of one man. It does not work that way. That's not even Bible. Hold on. I'm waiting. Where's the scripture? Brother Damien, we are all co laborers, fellow workers. With God. (laughs) It's quiet. Luke. Now, we're picking up this passage. It's right after Jesus gave the parable of the great supper or the great banquet. And just to sum that up, you can read it beginning at verse 1. Uh, Basically, the tragedy of the Jews, rejection of Christ has opened up the door for salvation for the Gentiles. So uh, that's what that's about if you begin at the top of the verse. And as it goes down, and and if you read it, go read it because it's good. You find those making excuses. I have this to do. I have that to do. Just much about like now. And, 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 you know, we, we, everybody wants to be somebody. You are somebody. You are somebody. It, it, let me tell you something. If you want to be a great anything, be a great disciple. They were disciples first title means nothing if you have no idea what discipleship means, if you're not a disciple. And it doesn't just mean student or learner. It's much broader than that. We're going to see this. Are you here? Luke, let's read, then we'll come back and go over the verses again. How about that? You ready? Uh, Luke chapter 14, beginning at verse 25. Now Large crowds were going along with Jesus, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me, come on, come come on, don't don't worry about me. Y'all keep reading, I'll catch up with you. And does not hate his own father and mother, wife, and children. (laughs) Okay, okay, hold hold on, hold on. Let's do this, let's do this. Let let me read. You guys are messing me up because everybody's (laughs) going. Now, large crowds were going along with Jesus, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Verse uh, 27. Whoever does not carry his own cross and fall after me cannot be my disciple. Verse 28. For which of you, now he gives us this metaphor, for which of you, for which one of you, when he wants to build a tower for his guards and does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to finish it? Otherwise, when he has laid the foundation and is unable to finish the building, all who see it will begin to ridicule him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, when he sets out to meet another king in battle? Will not sit down down and consider whether he is strong enough with 10,000 men to encounter the one who is coming against him with 20,000. Or else, if he feels he is not powerful enough while the other king is still far away, far distance away, he sends an envoy and asks terms of peace. So then, none of you can be my disciple who does not carefully consider the cost, and then for my sake give up all his possessions. This is something I don't got nervous. Hey, Amen, I got to give up. We, We're going to explain it. I just got this car. We're going to explain it. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Verse 35, it is, watch this, it is fit neither, uh, no, verse 34, therefore salt is good, but if salt has become tasteless, with what will it be seasoned? If it is fit neither neither for the salt nor, nor for the manure pile, it is thrown away, he Who has ears to hear, let him hear, watch this, and heed to my words. What are we talking about? The cost of discipleship, preparation, making the shift. Now, back at verse 25, now large crowds were going along with Jesus and he turned to them and said, said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother, children, brothers, and sisters, yes, even his own life. Watch this. In the sense of what? Indifference to or relative disregard for them, comparison with his attitude toward God. Before I get on verse uh, 26, look at verse 25. It says, now large crowds, what? We're going along. Now, it is possible to follow Christ superficially. Oh yeah, it is possible to follow Christ superficially. Notice, great, great, great multitudes were along with him, and Jesus stopped saying, "Hey, ho, oh, what? Okay, okay. Do you know what you're doing? Do you realize what's at stake?" Jesus was not fooled by large crowds, and he knew that many were following him for selfish and superficial reasons. Notice, Jesus was not. Fooled by large crowds, Pastor Rex is not fooled by large crowds. Why? Listen, you could have. That's why I never. I don't. I don't. I don't. Numbers doesn't bother me because numbers doesn't really give you. It's not really a good way to gauge the strength of an organization. Because you may have 2,000 on row, and out of that 2,000, about 300 are your core people, real, the people that you really can count. Yes, I know this to be true. But the preachers pride on the 2,000, and still they haven't paid the building off, but they pride in the numbers. But Jesus was not food. By the numbers. Why? Because a lot of people will follow him superficially. Verse 26 If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father, mother, wife, children, brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Notice here now that word hate, this is a hyperbole, okay? And that's just simply an exaggerated statement or figure of speech not intended to be taken. Literally, so he's not to say, he's not saying that you should literally hate your father, mother, or family. Are you here? Here, Luke is talking about a lesser degree of love, not actual antipathy or hostility towards your family. In other words, he's saying your love for Christ should be so great that in comparison to your, it looks as if you hate your family. Your love for Christ is that c- committed and strong that it looks as if you hate your family. Don't hate, don't literally hate them because that goes to what Jesus commands us to do. Honor thy father and mother. Love one another. But the dedication is so strong, Brother Damien, that it looks like I hate my mom. I hate my father. In comparison. Are you here? To, to, to give a bad example, it's almost like you, you remember uh, Jacob and uh, I think he wanted Rachel. Who remember the story? And, uh, you know, I think seven years went by and really Jacob pulled the okie doke on him. And uh, he served another seven years. But the scripture says how. Uh, when God seen that uh, Jacob, well, actually, the scripture says that Jacob loved Rachel more than he did Leah. But scripture talks about how, when God seen the hatred, see, in other words, his love was so strong for Rachel that in comparison to Leah, it, look, it looked, daughter, as if he hated Leah. He didn't hate her; hate her. So I love for God. And see, watch this. And when that commitment is there, I'm placing him above. Not just mama and my sister and brother them, but people them, circle them. (laughs) Oh, it's quiet. Are you here? So those who were trying to justify, this is why you hate your father, you are incorrect, sir. God wants you to love your father. Are you here? So his point is that we're not to be heartless toward our families, only that we must love him more. Are you here? And listen, don't forget the condition here, even your own self. Verse 27, notice he says, whoever does not carry his own cross, expressing a willingness to do excuse me, endure whatever and fall after me, believing in me. Listen to this. Conforming to my what? Example in living and if need be suffering or perhaps dying because of faith in me cannot be my disciple. Notice he's giving us some clues here of what it is to be a disciple. A, one, and I'm going to give you the definition in a minute, but here we see some things. A part of being a disciple is conforming your life to the life of Jesus. It's, it's serving men of God like Jesus served. It's living like Jesus lived. It's loving like Jesus loved. It's sharing like Jesus shared. It's having compassion like Jesus. See, that's all part of discipleship. Not just telling people. See, we think discipleship is telling people. That's a form of evangelism. Are you here? That's how I get you in to sit you down and teach you how to be a disciple. Are you here? Notice the emphasis here is on self-denial and absolute surrender. So, again, being a disciple is understanding self-denial and absolute surrender. I would write that down, disciple. Self-denial. And absolute surrender. So when you understand self now there's no hidden agendas and motives or s- self-serving interests. See, if you teach me how to lead before you teach me how to disciple, there's going to be some private agendas, minister. Because I don't, I don't understand discipline and serving. Oh, we're going to get into this. I'm going to show you. So the emphasis on Self-denial and absolute surrender. So a disciple understands self now, and absolute surrender. See, they understand where to be, when they need to be, when they're supposed to be there. Why? Because I understand self now, and absolute surrender. I understand what's priority right now. Well, baby, you know we eating at 10. Ma, I'll be there after church. See, because my love for Christ is so... See, she may not understand your commitment. Why? Because every believer is not a disciple. They should be, but every Christian is not a Christian disciple. They're just, uh, let me, I don't want to offend anybody, but let me show you what the Bible says. They're just, uh, let me see, you lost, they're just worthless Christians. Worthless, I mean, it says right here. Uh, they're not fit for anything. One translation used worthless. I mean, what? In other, in other there are no, they, they, because there, there's no discipleship. There's no adding value. They just there. Now, I didn't say that we're not somebody. You can be a worthless and still, you can be worthless and still be Somebody. You're just somebody who's worthless. <laughs> Self-denial. Let me show you something. Luke 9.23, Amplified. Listen to this, guys. Because, because it, notice we're talking about preparation, making the shift. Because many of us, if truth be told, ain't it nothing wrong with emotions, God gave us emotions, but we become part of ministries for the most part off emotions. Before you knew it, your hands were raised, you hit the altar, head down, and you don't You don't even remember coming to the altar. And on your way home, you're talking about, man, what have I done? <laughs> Here you go. I'm still a member across the street. And some of y'all, y'all got to stop. Oh, Lord, it's going to hurt some people. Stop all this. Oh, man. Uh. Mm-hmm. I'm saying for you, you don't have to bring me a ladder from your previous church having a release. Don't, you don't have to do that. If One, if God didn't lead you there in the first place and, he, and God has led you here, I, I'm not concerned about that. I don't get in that religious foolishness. Like like you a kid transferring class. Here's he, 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 my uh, resignation from my previous church. It wasn't supposed to be there in the first place. That, that's, that's, that's church politics. And that's not kingdom, guys. I understand what people are trying to do. But, but hey, Sola let Bible alone. Only Scripture, not this man-made nonsense. And folk are yoked up. And, and, and then I don't met them, Some of you didn't hear. Pass I wanted John, but they won't give me a release letter. <laughs> it's 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 nonsense. tradition of men. Sometimes, I'm, I'm enjoying just as soon as they give me my release letter. I'm fasting right now that they'll release it. Well, let me take release yourself. <laughs> Whoever that's for. you doing something. Verse. Uh, notice we're talking about self-denial. So it takes being a disciple is what? Understanding what? Self-denial, absolute surrender. And he was saying to them all, if anyone wishes to what? Follow me as my disciple now, he must deny himself, set aside what? Selfish interest, take up his cross. How often? Daily. How often? Daily. Daily. Watch this, what? Expressing a willingness to endure whatever may come. See, that, that's because of your commitment to him. Willing to endure. Now, you got to understand, he's making reference, even when he said suffering, because of your righteous stand for him. Okay? You, you're meeting opposition, or you are suffering by the hands of someone else because you stand for Jesus, they oppose it so much that they're literally persecuting you on every level they can. And as a result, you are suffering from it. We're not, see, this, it tickles me with Christians, this stuff that we think suffering, that's not biblical suffering what we're talking about. We, you're not suffering for the Lord because you're behind on your mortgage, car payment, credit card bills. And back that, that, that's not suffering for Jesus. That's not being persecuted for righteous sake because the creditors keep calling your house. Pastor, I'm being persecuted by who? The bill collectors. No. Man, the church, we we, we got some work to do, man. again thank you holy spirit that's why you should be disciplined before you try to get up and lead somebody because just like the word it should bring about life but it could you could damage people too because you're in error so rather than bring about liberation for a lot of you, can also put people in bondage. And I was shown someone the other day, even you know when it comes to the new covenant, and, and people try to keep you under the law, you wasn't even born doing them. That that has nothing to do with you. We were born under a better covenant. So, so, no, 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 hold, hold on. So, why are you trying to keep me bound to a law that I wasn't even a part of? Are y'all here? And some of y'all still trying to, uh, you're stuck on Deuteronomy, oh, law, you stuck on Deuteronomy 28. And, and some preacher told you, if you don't do this, if you don't do that, if you don't, you can't keep all of that. And that was not for you. Oh, yeah. See, let, hey, let, let, let's, let's talk about rightly dividing the word. And for those who, who, who wants to believe that you were, guess what? It was nailed to the cross. Those things that were against you. <laughs> so why are we still trying to keep people bound to something that we're not even a part of? We'll get into that because that's part of understanding this gospel. We're going to get into that too. Because you can't properly articulate the good news if you don't know what the good news is. <laughs> See, that's good news for me. The no man, I can't keep all that, but I'm still righteous. See, that's good news. That's good news, the know man. If I fall, God still sees me blameless, holy, and above reproach. See, that's good news there. See, that's good news. Oh, I know this is going to hurt some people. No, Lord, I, I, you know, I, I know my first one didn't work out. But good news is to know I don't have to stay single forever. I'm going to find me another one. Uh, but I'm going to do this one right though, because uh, I don't, yeah. Okay. All right now for y'all, who, who, whoever that was for. Free yourself and be okay. But, you know, don't just be excessive now. And I work with you. But after your third spot, I'm gonna be like, man, I don't, man, you, you, you after number three, I I I'm gonna put you back up under the law. (laughs) You need to be single. You are not supposed to be married ever again. (laughs) Three three strikes you out. <laughs> oh Lord, I hope I I, oh, I I hope nobody being married three times in here. If, if you are, stick with it. This is it. Look at look at the spot. Say you number three, you it. We we got pastor just told we got to stay together. Yeah, look at the spot now. Look at me. Look at you. Say you number three. You got we we hit it. if it's number three now. Number one, tell me hey, you it. No more. There are no others. Number two, tell that there are you you it. It's twenty-two, it's for you. It's it's me and you and twenty-two. <laughs> Number two is me and you and twenty-two. For who for whoever needed that for twenty-two. <laughs> Y'all stop all that talking about the Lord. Lord, yeah, Pastor Lord told me he wasn't the one. No, he didn't. No, he didn't tell you that. He'd have told you that before. He's not gonna tell you three years in. Yeah, he 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 told me, I didn't he told me I missed him. I missed God. That's what everybody. I miss God. <laughs> Oh, they used to say that so much back in the day. Aren't y'all glad y'all the Lord led you here because some, some of y'all was in some, some of y'all was in some. Woo. It's about four of y'all. We still, you still kind of under the law, but we get working with you. You keep going back to that, but we we stay here. you where you're supposed to be. What verse are we on? <laughs> what verse? Did we read this verse twenty-three? Okay, let, let's 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 read it. And he was saying to them all, "If anyone wishes to follow me as my disciple, he must what? Deny himself, set aside selfish interests, and take up his cross daily. Listen to this, expressing a willingness to do whatever." may come and follow me, believing in me, conforming to my example, watch this, in what? Living and uh, if need be, suffering or perhaps dying because of faith in me. Write this down. That word deny in the Greek, it literally means to say no. It literally means to say no. And to take up one's cross, listen to this, means to say no to your old life, and now submit to the law that you've opposed all your life. See, in, in, in Bible culture, early culture, or ancient Egypt in days of antiquity, when someone would break the law, oppose the law, they would put a crossbeam about their back and they would literally. Uh, humiliate the people. They would walk them down the city streets. People would throw things at them, scorn them. And what, what the law was saying is that you are now subject to the law that you've opposed on the way to the execution. They said you are subject to this law. So what Jesus means by taking up your cross daily, what he means is you have to say no to that old life and every day subject yourself to the law, talking about the word of God, that you've opposed all the years you was a heathen, you're now subjecting yourself to the word of God. So that's what it means to bury your cross every day. I'm now submitting myself to the word of God, which I defied and disobeyed and disregarded as a sinner. I'm now subject to that. So it's to say no to the selfish interest. Are you here? Verse 28, for which one of you, when he wants to build a tower for his angels, does not first sit down and calculate the cost, see if he has enough to finish it. Hey, we have to really think about when I became a part of this ministry, did I really count the cost when I accepted Jesus as Savior and Lord? Do you really understand what that means? And it's much bigger than coming to church on Sunday Sunday. Sitting in a Zoom meeting, midweek, online, in person. It's much bigger than that. It's making Jesus not just Savior, but Lord of my life. And when he is Lord, he is above everyone and everything else. Are you here? Let me skip down to... Verse 33, so then none of you can be my disciple who does not carefully consider the cost and then for my sake give up all his own possessions. Write this down. Discipleship requires a totally committed life, not a perfect life, but a committed. Jesus is not looking for your perfection. He's looking for your commitment. And I submit to you, because you are committed, the less imperfections you will have. (laughs) Because there's a discipline that's born out of commitment. Are you here? So, discipleship requires a totally committed life. Matthew, let me show you this, Matthew 6, 24. And he's not talking about, when he says give up All of your possessions. Notice a few minutes ago, I said uh, a few seconds ago, I said that uh, being a disciple is is having Jesus above everything and everyone else. So he's not saying get rid of your possessions, just make him bigger and above your possessions. There's nowhere in Scripture. That tells us as Christians to take a vow of poverty. That's not Bible. So, so he's not telling you to take a vow of poverty. If that was the case, he would not add things to us when he's above everything and everyone else. Are you here? Let me show you this. Matthew 6:24, he's talking about not having anything. Above him, no one can serve, amplified version, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. What is mammon? What is he talking about? Money, possessions, fame, status, or whatever. It, here, see, here, here you go, Or whatever is valued more than the Lord. So he's not saying get rid of your possessions. He's just saying, put him above your possessions. Why? Because you, him and your possessions both can't be Lord. you you, you either going to love the one. What does it say? Or, do you see this? Or despise, you, you, or, excuse me, you're going to either love the one or hate the other. Or hate the one and then love the other. However you want to say it, you, you you're going to be devoted to one, and despite they both can't be Lord. Oh yeah. Verse thirty-four. Therefore, salt is good, but if salt has become tasteless, with what will it be seasoned? Do you see this? Salt can lose its flavor when it gets wet and then dries. And nothing is left but a tasteless residue. Did you hear that? And sadly, too many believers have become wet and dried. And they've lost their flavor. And some to such a degree that many are afraid to even say out loud that they love Jesus. Co-workers have no idea that some are even believers. Some friends don't even know. Some family members, for some, don't know. But see, that's all about, you know, understanding the cybership is understanding man that he, he's either... Lord of all or Lord not at all? Let me give you the definition of disciple and we'll pick up here next week. The Greek word for disciple is, is the word mathetis and it means more than a student or a learner. A disciple is a, listen to this, a disciple is a follower of of someone who a disciple is a follower is someone who adheres completely to the teachings of another making those teachers his rule of life and conduct now let me let me say something here a disciple is a a student of another okay now Every religion has disciples. Islam has disciples. Buddhism has disciples. Hinduism has disciples. What do you mean? Individuals who have capitulated or resigned themselves to those teachings. In Christendom, disciples. Our followers are strict adherents to the teachings of Jesus and Jesus alone. Not him blended with this religion or that religion. No, it's Jesus and Jesus alone. A disciple is a follower, someone who adheres completely to, write this down, Notice, adheres completely to the teachings of another, making them his rule of life and conduct. Biblically speaking, a Christian or a believer is a disciple of Christ. We're talking about a. a, You should be a disciple. We're talking about a true Christian, not a nominal Christian, somebody, again, who's just a Christian superficially in name only. A disciple is one who has counted the cost and totally committed him or herself to following Jesus. A disciple is someone who has counted the cost. They know what's at stake. They know us at stake, stake, excuse me, and has totally committed his or herself to following Jesus. Discipleship is placing Christ, again, above all other relationships. See, that's part of counting the cause. Jesus first, God first, man. And I said this earlier, it's allowing Christ to be Lord of all. A disciple accepts accepts the call, write this down, a disciple accepts the call to sacrifice and follows wherever the Lord leads. And I end right here. The Christian disciple, the Christian disciple completely adheres to the teachings of Jesus, makes... Christ his number one priority and lives accordingly. I'll say it again. The Christian disciple completely adheres to the teachings of Jesus, makes Christ his number one priority, and lives accordingly. He is actively involved, listen to this, in making other Christian disciples. Do you see that? Because of the discipline of living according to the teachings of Jesus. That's serving again like he serves. Sharing like he shared. Having compassion like Jesus has compassion. Living like he lived. Loving like he loves. See, that's authentic discipleship. It's your life telling the story <laughs> see you can say something all day but it's actually your actions that speaks volumes are you here the christian disciple completely adheres to the teachings of Jesus. And I want to pick up here next week because, uh, again, there's a distinct, there's a big difference. It, it, again, every religion has disciples. But in Christendom, a Christian disciple is one who strictly adheres to the teachings of Jesus, not Jesus and everybody else. Are you here? Come on, let's get the Lord a hand, clap of praise.